second episode there <laughs> a lengthy but pointed review of one of the films we're going to be discussing okay. tonight i'm I'm just going to open uh yet again let's get what's important on the record i'm michael deniston and that's it that's all that's important about this <laughs> because we're going to be talking about uh, krampus and christmas eve to uh modern holiday classics i guess of christmas horror in the the vein of gremlins right oh my goodness one was supposed to be horror, and the other just happened to be horror. That uh, very funny individual there, who's also very upset with me, would be Jared Dotson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of explaining to do. A lot of explaining to do this week. And our uh, singer, but non-songwriter, other than uh, a few different <laughs> words being switched out there, is <laughs> Josh Dotson. So, Josh, say hello to all your new fans. I threw my computer at the wall when I heard Christmas Eve. So this will be, I guess, a Christmas episode. We'll probably talk about a few more Christmas-related things. But uh, on this one, we're going to talk about, at the very least, one movie I hope that you've not seen. Although um, my Christmas gift to my two co-hosts was making them watch it. I have no idea if they watched all of it yet, so I'll be quizzing them on the ending, on the, uh, the revelations we get in Christmas Eve. But the other one is uh, Krampus, which also came out. And this one actually came out in wide release uh, two years ago, December 4th, 2015. And it did okay-ish from what I remember. It didn't set the world on fire, but it's currently at a 65% on Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, I don't think that it uh, disappointed people as far as giving them something completely different than what they expected, but maybe just not as good. So. It, uh... It did forty-two and a half million on gross with a fifteen million budget. So I mean, it almost tripled its budget. Yeah, it wasn't a wasn't a home run. You know, it didn't set the world on fire, but you know, I'm sure I'm sure they got out of it what they put in. I don't mm -hmm. think I don't think Adam Scott was uh, looking for Oscar glory with this one or Tony Collette. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we'll we'll start with that one since that one 
for people listening, it may be a little bit more well-known, or at least they're aware of it. So, uh, as usual, and we'll start with uh, Josh, since Jared's already got his stat boy uh, voice in there. He's already contributing. Josh, uh, the family man on the show, had you uh, heard of, had you seen Krampus before? And uh, if you hadn't, uh, why did you skip it? I was aware of it, but I hadn't watched it. Uh, mainly that because sounds so like, dismissive. I was aware of such things. <laughs> I heard there was a Krampus. But I had no need <laughs> for Krampus in my life. <laughs> well, I, I guess there, there, there might be, I guess, something under the surface there. I, I'm not real big on, like, uh, Christmas slash horror movies. Like, that's just, I don't know. It's a very conflicting subgenre that just don't really do much for but me. But you like but Gremlins, which I guess would be considered. I do like, well, yeah, and I guess... When Krampus first came out, I thought maybe it was aiming itself to be more just like a horror movie, but it it definitely, yeah, yeah. And and from what I read, I think maybe they initially did want that because I think they were aiming for an R rating, but had to settle for a PG-13. So Hmm, I didn't even take notice of that really um, this time around. I I don't know why. I I guess now I had seen it before and I didn't like it at all. So actually (laughs) I I knew going back into this, I'm going to rewatch something I did not like in theaters and I'm going to see if it holds up because uh, the way it was sold to me was more in that gremlins vein. And my biggest complaint was it wasn't that funny. I don't, I didn't have any issues with the horror stuff that much, like it being too light or too dark, but yeah, I just, the gags for me is what didn't work. Yeah. It's like, there's a lot of hit and miss, I think in this movie. Um, I, you know, I feel pretty average about it. It's pretty broad. I mean, obviously you have the sort of the, the, I guess the leftist family like Adam Scott. um, And then they're, they're country bumpkins that they're sort of shame. Well, I guess both sides are sort of ashamed of each other uh, as far as their leanings. And there's, that's something that you do see often in these, especially family films that pertain around Christmas. You see the sort of the differences opinion or the crazy aunt or uncle. Uh, My biggest issue with, this one, um, getting into the horror aspect is I feel like, am I supposed to be rooting for these people to die? Because the premise is, <laughs> you know, the kid who loves Christmas so much and wants his family to be happy and celebrate in the sort of the true spirit of Christmas, they won't. And he has the, the Kevin McAllister home alone moment where he, he makes a wish. And then we're going to spend the rest of the film seeing really, uh, creepy monsters, Christmas monsters enact pain and death and destruction on them. And even the second time around, I'm like, am I supposed to care? Cause I didn't like these people. They got <laughs> my nerves before. So am I, is it like a slasher movie and that I'm rooting for just a cool death? And maybe that's to what you had heard, Josh, that the horror stuff isn't, I don't think the sequencers are that cool or even the monster work is like, Oh, that was awesome to see. No, I, I think there was supposed to be more of an arc there, like character development, like, seeing them uh the, the kids wish list you know they they wrote santa like i think we get hints of that stuff developing through the the arc of them facing the the krampus monster and everything but it's pretty shallow it doesn't it don't really get fleshed out very much so i think you are supposed to dislike them at first and then as it goes on i guess you're supposed to warm up to them more but you don't really. I mean, the kid, you know, you're pretty much with him and I guess his grandma. You know, Very creepy. She, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole time. Uh, but, yeah, it just it, it just kind of falls flat. Now, I, one thing I guess I, I can say that I really enjoyed about it, just because it's kind of a personal like uh, pet peeve of mine, is the, uh, the commentary on the uh, ugliness of what 
the Christmas season has turned into. It opens the, with a Black Friday like sequence of yeah, yeah, hitting each other for gifts and all that, and it's of course in slow mo as we're yeah, watching the credits play. Right, right. Very shallow, and you know they hint at all that stuff, and even just kind of like how the family, you know, it, it's they're not they're not really embracing what the Christmas season is about and stuff. So I enjoyed that aspect of it because that's, you know, people kind of need that reminder and everything, but, uh, there, there were a few sequences I thought were pretty interesting. Um, in particular, like the, I guess it's the attic sequence when they went into the attic. And that's one of the few times where the pace picked up a little bit and it was somewhat fun and interesting. It had multiple Uh, monsters in that sequence for one. Yeah. 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 And no, it, it's not like scary, uh, but it was playful. I thought, and I was like, okay, this is a little bit more like what I was expecting, you know, gremlin style, like gingerbread man attacking, uh, old dude and stuff. And I thought you were gonna say old bald dude, and then we're gonna set Jared off, let him come oh, in. Oh, well, <clears throat> I guess we should segue. get the old the old bald dude's take on that. So. <laughs> Only fair. Thank you, well, Jared. You're it's more of a over. You're one way you differ from me and Josh is that you, uh, at least in your youth, you were more into like sort of horror films, and so I, yeah, I wonder yeah. about your if this fit your sensibilities, if this worked for you as like a Christmas movie with that bent. It sounds like I was a little bit more positive um, in in regards to how I felt about the film than you guys were. Um, I wouldn't say it's a home run of a comedy or a horror movie. I don't think it did enough of either to uh, really classify itself as one or the other. Um, I think it was paced very poorly. Like you guys said, the attic scene, it was kind of like a... uh, shooting off all the uh the the scary horrible monsters all at once instead of like trying to pace it out a little bit the krampus was suitably uh creepy and the snowmen were creepy but still it didn't it never solidified it it's like it dabbled in in either one uh a little bit too much for my liking wasn't very scary wasn't very funny it switched between practical and cgi effects i really didn't like that either i would either it be one or the other i think it's more glaring that when yeah, if you do yeah. it that way when you you change your your visual style especially with cgi you're like oh okay that that's not and it takes you out of the movie well, a little bit the gingerbread men uh in Oof. particular i just it was it was kind of cringy kind of kitty for a horror movie it wasn't and also it wasn't even that really that funny either so now the director here michael uh, doherty uh did uh, two um well a, there's a sequel coming out but um he did a previous holiday horror film called trick or treat have either one of you seen that i've not seen one I've seen Trick or Treat, and and I, you know, I think maybe sticking to an all-out horror film would better suit him. Uh, of course, that's like a, a horror anthology, and that might come back to the R rating versus the PG thirteen rating. I feel like in that playground, he had more toys to you know play mm-hmm. with, and uh, I mean that wasn't a perfect movie, but it was. I, I thought that was a pretty fun movie. It was. A, it's pretty good. Uh, Halloween movie. That kind of goes back, on. though, to what we, we talked about last week with uh, Always Shine and talking about Allied as far as perception and Trick or Treat, which came out in 2007. And I'm, I've heard of it, and I've heard some people that had positive reactions to it, but I've never seen it. Um, that one probably had a smaller target it was trying to hit, and so a little bit more free reign on his end to just mm-hmm. do whatever. Whereas this one, as I said, it was a wide release, and they, they were probably hoping for a little bit of crossover, hoping maybe this is one that 
that that break out and uh and we've certainly seen that you know something like get out which came out earlier this year that could have gone either way really it could have just appealed to the the horror community based on the marketing but that one that that's a you know that's a terminology that's used commonly on tv shows mm-hmm. now as far as get out so yeah sometimes that happens and uh it, it didn't for krampus but this guy is moving on apparently on imdb he is uh already in post-production on uh godzilla king of the monsters so there mm. you go jared more cgi effects work for you i'm i'm assuming <sighs> i'll be I'll... go ahead man i was, I, I just i like that old school practical effect on uh, on a lot of horror movies, especially you know referencing referencing uh, Gremlins. That's all practical effects. It, it just it works better. I, I, CGI has its place in a lot of movies, especially sci-fi and uh, the other genres. But horror, I just I like I like the work that goes into it. I like having you know something tangible there. It just makes it scarier, in my opinion. You know, one difference could be too, and I don't want to pick on him, but uh, you know, Michael Doherty. He has written more movies than he's directed, and his writing is usually pretty good. You know, he did uh, X2, Superman Returns, which, though, isn't a great movie. I think the script is pretty good. You know, I I think it's pretty well written. It is a Um, uh, horrific uh, melodrama on an absentee father who comes back (laughs) and creeps on (laughs) the woman he left behind to raise his, his sire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just uh, sorry to pick on Josh there. He's a big Superman fan, and just as as a cheap shot, that was a, a low jab there. I, well, yeah, I, it's kind of a low jab, but I, I don't really stand by the film. But I, I, again, I, I think he's a good writer, and you know, of course, he wrote Trick or Treat and he wrote this, but he directed both, and uh, he, he might still kind of be finding his his legs as a director because you know with Krampus I was like you know there's a lot of good ideas here you know as a premise this is this could be a really good movie and there were a lot of good ideas I could see that were in the movie but it's just they weren't just it it wasn't executed greatly so there's something and I didn't unfortunately I didn't do the research for this and Jared you might know a little bit more because you you tend to know weird internet shit more than I do. So I come to you and like, Jared, explain this to me. What is I don't know internet? if that's an insult or a compliment, but a sure. A mixture proceed. of both, I guess. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I'd listen, I'd stumbled across a, a podcast once where it was like a, a holiday. It was a, a pop culture podcast and they were doing sort of like different sort of holiday tales, like the origins of them. And Krampus came up and they talked about it extensively. And this is, you know, before the movie came out, before I was aware of it, and I thought it was very interesting. So when the film came out and I didn't like it, I was like, well, I, you know, I liked it on that podcast. I was like, oh, that's, someone should make a movie out of that. And so I'm, I started searching <laughs> around. There were, as you know, this isn't shocking. You go on the internet, you're going to find someone angry. It was pleasing to me to see these like super Krampus mythology fans who were furious <laughs> that this was not like the definitive Krampus movie. Like we had our one shot and now it's fucking ruined. Thanks, Hollywood. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say you've dishonored the Krampus I know from the History Channel. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just assume maybe Jared. Not that you were one of those people, but that this is something that you had you'd run across. Because I had to, I had to make a point to go and find this just to get some get my money back from the ticket I spent on Krampus. I, you know, very very lightly in the past. I mean, I knew what it was coming into the movie. It wasn't like a complete like. Oh, this is Saint Nicholas's demon uh, uh, counterpart, or whatever. Like I knew coming into it what it was going to be, so it was an interesting take on it. I'll, I'll give him that. It's it, it was um, it was creepy. I, I'll, I'll say it was pretty creepy in in terms of 
the uh, the the mythology of it. It never really like creeped me out that much reading about it, but the movie he did a good job of that part of it at the very least. Yeah, I'm as I said, not a Krampus fan. I don't, but I would think you wouldn't have any issue with the uh, the villains on display here, other than the terrible uh, gingerbread men, the CGI and their their facial Apart from responses. that, I thought it was suitably uh, uh, demonic for a uh, adjective. I guess you know all the toys look pretty. Uh, Pretty out there. I, I didn't have a problem with the uh, the design of everything. For me, it's um, just the cast. It's just, and it's maybe not the cast. It's just you know, even and maybe it's because Home Alone was a part of my childhood, and so I'm looking at it through that sort of you know, it's it's a classic. I grew up with this, but <laughs> you know, I look at uh, you know the way that Kevin deals with his family and some of the annoying characters in there. I find them charming, like the you know the the old cheap uncle who won't pay for pizza and <laughs> that line that gets repeated in uh future sociopath uh, kevin McAllister's head where it's like look what you did you little jerk that just plays <laughs> over and over for some reason and maybe it was because i was a kid and i was you know kevin's age at that point but those things stuck with me and i found those more amusing whereas here like i said i found those sort of political ideologies the dividing line i found that just it's just too on the nose and it's just too a easy. little bit too lazy yeah too yeah. lazy it was they were too characterized they were too extreme yeah and uh, some of it, again some yeah, of it's easy uh deus ex machina i mean if you have the the gun toting you know the gun nut then you mm-hmm. have an easy excuse to have a, a a hummer with loaded down with weapons and so it's because that's not really going to be the standard <laughs> you I just know assume that's how all conservatives uh, spend their they go to their families on christmas ready to fight demonic christmas monsters <laughs> well always be prepared mike i'll just i don't know i'll just die with a gingerbread cookie in my throat or a piece of bread like allied style they're just <laughs> the food can kill me that's fine. see bread killing people that's two episodes in a row uh i'm gonna do a Probably not an awkward transition because you all are already somewhat on the record as far as, I guess, wanting to die while watching Christmas Eve. But uh, Came very close, yes. This is a film I had not heard of when this this came out. uh, I can't imagine why. (laughs) Well, okay, (laughs) let me get into that just a little bit. Because this this film has a 0%. And Jared, when I texted when we were talking about hey here's what i have in mind for next week's episode because you know it's the holiday season and hey here's two christmas movies that came out on the same weekend 2015 and uh they're both about you know being trapped really i mean in this mm-hmm. one this Absolutely. one is not supernatural in any regard although there are definitely some things that happen that um don't feel like they're a part of our our world our reality like there's a there is a gun-toting woman from curb your enthusiasm who just fires off rounds in an elevator and no one seems to no one seems to mind yeah but uh, this film i you know i'm surprised that that's the most absurd thing you're talking about out of this film Mm, well i don't know like to me that was the most absurd as far as if i if I, I, I want to hear yours, but let me just let me finish the introduction because I doubt people know what the hell this is. Uh, this is basically this is from Mitch Davis um, and Jared. I don't know if you looked up the uh, the gross on this. I'd be interested to see if it was over under seven hundred dollars. But uh, <laughs> he has directed uh, a few things: uh, the other side of heaven, language of the enemy, and something this year called the stray, which uh, has a 
<laughs> a very cute dog glowing with rays of heaven uh-huh. basking over him. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, so it seems like this no, guy. No. I, I read the synopsis of that film. That's the Hollywood genius film of a man who takes his dog and like, I don't know, three kids like camping or something. And they all get struck by lightning. Well, That's the premise of that movie. It sounds like you know, the writer of Krampus could learn a thing or two about, uh, you know, evening the stakes just a little bit. But yeah, I I'm assuming that most people would not watch this um, because it Box seems like office of eighty one thousand nine hundred ninety two dollars. Right, so over seven hundred. Good for you, Mitch Davis. Um, and I guess I gave you uh, whatever streaming revenue from uh, I watched this through Showtime so you might have earned like a fraction of a nickel from me on this but um, <laughs> this is basically an attempt at not entirely well regarded films themselves like Valentine's Day New Year's Eve uh, the um, I know this man is Love deceased actually. Uh, Love Actually yeah I, I guess but it's uh, I think that one, that's, those are fighting words on this Christmas episode, if you bring that in and compare it. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with Valentine's Day because I think that one's also equally yeah. uh, well poor received. The biggest difference for me, though, is other than uh, Professor X, you, you don't have movie stars. In those movies, you have Julia Roberts and, you know, one little sequence on a plane or Bradley Cooper or Ashton Kutcher. And this is like, let's try to do that on the cheap. Let's rip off movies that people hate, oh, yeah. but they have movie stars. Budget. Yeah. <laughs> And on that point, let me jump in right there. Because what do they do? The what do they do? What do they do with that one huge movie star they get for the movie? They put him all by himself, wandering around in an elevator Good above some skyscraper, like wandering well around. Like, Patrick Stewart, don't, don't deal with carry this movie, Patrick. We're counting on you, Patrick. Uh, okay, oh yeah, that's. I didn't find that absurd because that's a that's a cliche we see in films where it's like – and in particular, like, you know, you go back to Scrooge or something where it's like the rich guy who learns a, a lesson on Christmas. No, no. I, I don't have a problem with his character, and, and I, that's not even what I'm referring to as absurd. I'm just saying it's like – it's a terrible idea. Like you get a huge name like that to headline your film. It's a waste of talent course, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean he, he, he should have been in one of the scenes with like other people to play off of because he could have lifted those scenes probably. But instead they have him up there smashing a phone, you know, mumbling to himself. Yeah, he's, and, he's really violent considering he's the one in the most precarious situation. Like he's in an elevator outside exposed to the elements and could fall to his death by yeah. rattling the cage did, a bit too much. Did you catch that they were looking at building blueprints stretched out on the back of one of the workers <laughs> – talking to another worker standing up right behind him. I didn't. Yeah. Absurdity. I probably was on my phone, to be honest, dear listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was playing Merged. It's a pretty good app on iOS if you want to, you know, try it's that a lot like how this. It's a lot like how this podcast is ran, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the question. Maybe we can we can give a, a, in the, the pro side of Christmas Eve. Uh, Scarier than Krampus? Your experience watching it? <laughs> More... Uh, being caught in an elevator with any of those people is a scarier proposition than fighting a demon from hell on uh, Christmas. And people don't talk to each other the way that these people talk to each other. Uh, example number one, James Roday and uh, whatever her name is, they're in the elevator taking pictures of each other. Oh, good. I'm he, glad he, you said that because I know. Oh, he was that, so slimy coming. Like, oh, I was man, like, this dude's going to end up like, he's going to end up raping this girl before the, the, the movie's over with. Like, 
nobody talks to each other like this. Like it's not that I didn't think he was like actually gonna. <laughs> assault no, her. of course not. Not like but, actually assault her, but but it's like it's so slimy. Like, yeah, it's like uh, obviously you got this this lady who's like already intimidating the corner, and here he is like. I don't know, man. Making those faces, baby. Let me yeah. take a picture. Of this. <laughs> that goes Good back Lord. to lack of lack of movie stars because there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of stuff that wouldn't fly in the in the real world. Certainly, no. certainly now in the in this this climate, like and that no, definitely not. with with all the controversies in Hollywood, watching a character um, have such a male gaze where that that's the the central like plot point for him is to stare at her until she sure. becomes. Uh, more sexualized for him, and then she thanks him for it for making her making her feel better for a frigging candy bar. <laughs> pretty, pretty demeaning stuff here. Good lord! Well, all you gotta need uh, you need a candy bar, and a woman will do pretty much anything that you want her to do. And like I said, Ridiculous. I have I have no experience with Mitch Davis movies. It appears that he's attempting to make uh, what I would consider like inspiring Christian films which fits with with christmas movies like you speaking of hollywood scumbags we'll go to brett ratner you know he made the family man that's that's very much it's not necessarily a christian film but that's that's what it's playing up like to become like, a better person well family values type movies yeah are yeah absolutely in particular that one you know it's like you know he, yeah. he gives up his riches for the the fantasy of being in middle america being middle class but having a family this one here man when they you know <laughs> You need Nicolas Cage, I guess, to make some of the sell, to make some of the sing. <laughs> some of the, Jared, as you're saying, just the the shifts you're making, the very awkward lunges. Uh, in particular, I was thinking of Gary Cole as uh, this, I guess, atheist doctor who, in one of the more Neck uncomfortable beard, yeah. elevator uh, set pieces, if you want to call him that, uh, there is a, a stabbing of someone's neck in that sequence for no real reason that I could understand. Um, he is playing an atheist doctor who cannot save this patient and she is still unconscious and they're going to have to tell her. And they're basically the whole time debating what they're going to say to her. What can you say to someone when you're saying your tumor is inoperable and you're going to die? And I guess it's the nurse next to him. As I said, no movie star. So I don't know who these, these people are who that was Larry King's wife, actually the, Oh, the number reason one, for this. number one producer on the film. Is that the actual Larry Zilly. King? That yeah. Came the up? Larry. The, yes. Mr. Suspenders, Larry wow. King. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know if I'd spend my uh, retirement, my residuals from CNN on this particular production. But yeah, she <laughs> she just basically calls him out as like, "What? Don't believe in God?" Like, I mean, the line can't be that far off from that. Like, and you're assuming these people have worked together before. So, to what you're saying, Jared, you would probably think whatever disagreements they've had, she wouldn't say it that way where it's like i have to explain to the audience what his viewpoint is on this yeah you just assume it's she not, already knows this is a conversation not, they've had multiple not times. organic whatsoever yeah, yeah. does does yeah. not seem uh genuine or authentic whatsoever and uh mitch i think mitch has a writing credit on this as well which that probably oh, yeah. explains quite a bit of it i kind of uh, do want to i have to admit i do want to see the uh movie with the dog where the whole family gets lightning powers that's <laughs> that's more my speed <laughs> I have a feeling it ain't gonna be nowhere near as good as it sounds. <laughs> I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna find the date for that, and we're gonna do an anniversary episode on that one. Uh, I just hope I hope there's something good to fall back on because for me, Krampus uh, was not it. Okay, so we haven't we haven't even gotten to the the highlight of this yet. Hmm, I and that's, wasn't aware of one, but go ahead. Uh, oh <laughs> no, it's it's the uh, the 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 elevator with the lump beef rock guy and the. <laughs> The tattoos, <laughs> the, yeah, the tattoos and the um, Santa outfit for some reason, right? 
Yeah, yeah, and then the you know you got the Brainiac, you got the OCD guy who's putting Altoid in his shoes for no reason, and we get no answer to See, whatsoever. I, I thought I'd missed that because my wife she didn't watch it because uh, she's smarter than me, and uh, <laughs> she did come in at the end and she's like, "That's that's you know spoiler alert for Christmas Eve, but not really." Uh, at the end of the, he's in the park once he escapes and he's removing the Altoid from his shoe and then hands it gives offers one to the woman who sits down next to me. I don't know why anyone would accept that when someone takes it. Me out neither. Of foot. But in the elevator, I can't, I can't, I was giving this film way too much credit. Cause I was like, all right, that's got to be, there's something to this. What is this mad? Like what's in the Altoid? Yeah. <laughs> like that's some, you know, He's a spy. this is some JJ Abrams, like, you know, the, the, the secret closed box, like this is going to open up the entire world. And uh, he just, thought that they were going to steal them from him or something. Yes. So he thought putting them in his shoe and switching them back and forth, he could do that slyly without Rich. people saying, why are you taking off your shoes? For a clean freak, does that not kind of, uh, or uh, OCD or however you classify it, does that not kind of uh, counterintuitive to uh, putting your mints on your feet? Maybe it's a different flavoring he's after, and that's just uh, <laughs> it's very specific. <laughs> oh, you're saying he's seasoning them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, it's just it's not good it's it's not no. that, because the thing is like we talked about krampus I, you know, I had issue with the fact that i'm am i meant to root for this family to die because i don't like them but i also don't want to see people perish and i don't even as much as i hate this movie i didn't want to see a sequence where suddenly patrick stewart just you know throws a temper tantrum <laughs> and falls to his death although I believe that that was there was a funny bit like that in the other guys. I believe there was a sequence where oh. <laughs> two cops tried Aim to be for the bush. Yeah, uh, and that was pretty funny to see a couple exploding movie stars. And yet again, movie stars though, not not here. Mm. But once you put these people in the room, you really you really have to have the goods as far as the dialogue. You know, you clerks. I'm trying to imagine Kevin Smith's clerks, where he had people lecturing the other one without the foul language and the Star Wars references. If you just had Randall telling Dante, like, Dante, it just uh, struck me. You don't believe in God, do you? Like that, <laughs> not a <laughs> that's movie a that's fantastic to sit point, through. though. Because you don't have action. You don't have, you know, any sort of... Um, there's nothing going on other than the fact that they're all isolated together. You have... The entirety of this movie is hanging on how well that you write it, and it was written extremely poorly. So it was doomed from the beginning. I don't. These characters don't appear to have anything to really say to one another. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. The closest you could get is maybe the band, because at the very least, there's a uh, there's a romance that comes out at the very end of it. But well, I, I, I don't know what the rest of really, them really have. What's really obnoxious is, I guess, in what feels like some sort of climax is you have like that guy, the the art uh, OCD guy, giving like this monologue while the the Merge violinist is playing um is playing you know <laughs> silent night and it's like it's like they're playing it up as like some sort of big epic revelation like panting you know cutting to each scene like oh this is how they're tied together and so like like it's gonna be some sort of big reveal and it's like first off what couple revelations there were they were obvious early on that like John Heater's uh, character, you know, I, I think that Patrick Stewart was supposed to be his dad, I guess. Uh, and, of course, the chick ends up being his girlfriend or whatever. I, I don't know. Well, the most yeah, awkward I mean, one is the guy that's like, 
uh, hey, what are you doing after you get out of the elevator? I'm going to go uh, see my uh, wife. And, yeah, she was getting a uh, tumor removed, and uh, we took oh. care of that. Everything's good. Yeah, everything's good. We we know what's going on. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, so really all you're doing is leaving us with these, like, threads of, like, terribly bad endings. It, they either make no sense or they're just bad. Like, well, that's unfortunate. Well, I think uh, they thought they were being clever when they wrote it. And it was just like, hey, let's tie everybody that's in the elevators together. And it just, you, can't, it, you don't really care. Like, but, well, there's, not, it doesn't lead to anything, though. <laughs> no, I mean, that too. It's like, it, I mean, there's okay, nothing that comes of it. <laughs> you have 25 people in six different elevators that all kind of know one another, but the stories still don't intertwine. That's the, your, <laughs> your love actually point where they actually, they do affect one another. Like you, you have, you know, when Liam Neeson runs into Emma Thompson and they re- yeah. reveal their brother and sister, it's, it's in a moment where it is, it is touching because she's just had, you know, she just had some terrible news. Her her whole world is shattered, and she runs into someone who's of comfort to her, and it works because the audience knows it, but he doesn't. He's just like, "Oh, cool, hi, you know, hi, sis, or whatever." And that's, uh, or I'm getting it wrong. That's Hugh Grant, isn't it? The Prime Minister, not Liam Neeson, because Liam Neeson right, would, right. would have killed the guy, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, you know, Hugh Grant just wept and went roaming for a prostitute or something. <laughs> Well, and also, you know, I feel like they had other connections that they were that they were hinting at, and they didn't even fully connect. Like, uh, Chesty McMuscles had the the tattoos Actual that, name. like, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like one of the tattoos on his pec was like a mermaid that said, "Like, love me?" Question mark. Oh, and then, like the uh, the woman out, out of the really musicians, uh, yeah. she had, yeah, she had a tattoo on her wrist of a mermaid. It said, love me not. And that's the only that's reference. It. Yeah. It's like, okay, so <laughs> that's it. I guess, uh, cause he, he mentioned something about the tattoo being complicated. And I'm like, is that, I mean, is that all we're hinting at here? Is that just all these people just know one another? They knew I mean, each other once. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This, I think it feels like someone who, um, was in particular that the tattoo bit, watched uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia as like, I could do that at Christmas. Like that's, yeah. I could have at least weird so freaking stupid. I can write this easily. <laughs> I could have numbers well, eight, two pop up and people <laughs> dig it. They loved it. <laughs> no, oh, I kid you not. I, I bet I was like, you know, three fourths of the, th- through the movie. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is supposed to be a Christmas movie. It's like, there's no, <laughs> there's nothing even Christmas related about it. It's no. called Christmas Eve. <laughs> they play a couple Christmas songs, but that's it. I mean, it. Chesty McMuscles know. has the uh, the Santa vest, which exposes <laughs> yeah. his his uh, boobies, which is nice, and his yeah, tattoo nice... unravels the entire mystery. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's like it, it is almost. I, I'll say it's at least borderline. Like in that, so bad it's you know entertaining. Like you can mm, actually. Like... I just dis- I disagree there because I. I... I think it's rare. Like when I saw zero percent, and Jared, it was basically like, "You sure about this, Mike? Like, come on now." <laughs> <laughs> because last week we both we all seemed to really like we liked the movies, and we we're like, "Yeah, they're they're yeah. pretty good. They're worth watching." Uh, and I saw zero percent, and I actually was like, "Oh, good." Like I would much rather see that than twenty eight percent. You know, I'm like, "Ah, this will this will at least be something that'll hold my attention, just in awe of just how wrong it went or you know, like me and Jared, we like uh, what drive angry Nicholas cage. It's something that is just oh, so batshit insane. And it is stupid. Bad. It's, you, it's knowingly <laughs> stupid, but it's fun. This mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's just so, so vanilla and just so, so boring that 
no, I, I couldn't even re- recommend it on in that regard. As far as I don't even think it earns a zero percent. At least this at least is a fourteen because it's not good enough to be a zero. Not entertaining <laughs> enough to be a zero. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I could I could have walked away with a melodramatic cheesy film that at least delivered on more story and like a hallmark type thing where it's like mm-hmm. it's at least and earnest in that way like yeah. super earnest I, I could have been more satisfied than what i got i mean it, it's just empty dick. yeah saying it's not fit for the hallmark channel is a huge <laughs> dick because i'll tell you my uh, stepdad and mother watch hallmark channel all the time and it's it's putrid it's awful and if this is not worthy of being on there that's oh god i'll tell you what i bet that Mitch. lightning dog movies on the hallmark channel though that sounds up there that sounds wholesome <laughs> yeah um <laughs> all right so i I think we agree this one deserves to be forgotten. And, you know, I keep referencing the Rotten Tomatoes. There's only 10 reviews of this on there, which is – so we're, you know, we're three people that have added our voices to this. And so now there's – I can assure you there's 13, and that's it. There's there's a dozen of us that have seen this movie. Uh, so let's let's go back to, to Krampus because that at least maybe is a little bit more debatable. Do you think that uh, – we'll start with Jared. Do you think it uh, should have been – uh, more successful, and uh, do you think it's one that maybe will develop a uh, sort of cultish? I don't know, like the Nightmare Before Christmas audience, where people ten years from now um, really throw this one on in the holiday season and, and enjoy going back to it. I think it's more of a personal like of mine that um, that I would say, you know, drive that I would personally in my mind, I would drive the score up a little bit. Um, I think it was like 36% top critics and like 50% general audience. I, I enjoyed it. I genuinely enjoyed it. Um, it sounds like a little bit more than you guys did. However, with the horror crowd, it's it's either got to be like extremely funny or extremely over the top, like uh, bloody or gory to really register on the radar. And I don't think it did either one of those. So, so it's too I, middle of the road to develop that? Too middle of the road. I think the net that was cast was a little bit too wide. Um, you were really going for, you know, of course, I mean, it's, it's, it was a wide release, so I don't blame them. You're trying to make money on the movie, but I don't think it'll ever have a cult status because it just doesn't, it doesn't drive in either direction far enough. It's not as funny to be a cult movie and it's not, uh, as gory and bloody to really appeal to those people either. Yeah. I, I definitely don't really see it being a cult film. Like, and I think that's, Something I guess you kind of almost expect from a holiday movie, especially a Christmas movie. That that's kind of the expectation is like, is this something that like when it when it's Christmas time, I'm gonna be in the mood to throw on and watch because that's generally what we do. You don't you don't really throw in um, Christmas vacation in the middle of you know July. You know, it's just, <laughs> you got another vacation movie to do that or yeah, you know, not at all. That would be my recommendation. Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> but Chevy Chase assaulted anyone yet? Why is his name not come up? Not yet. What did anyone care? Maybe. Or is he just <laughs> he's such a horrible person that I he... think it would just be expected <laughs> at this point. He grabbed so, Alice say, and Bree's boobs, of course he did. Say say what you will. Christmas vacation is my favorite Christmas movie. Oh my god. But oh my god. No, it's great. It is great. <laughs> oh fuck. We'll fight over this. We mentioned <laughs> Home Alone. Yeah, of course <laughs> Die Hard is the go to. You know, I don't how can you say such a thing? Gremlins, even Gremlins. My goodness. I like all those, but this one's the best. Anyways, I would regardless. say Christmas Vacation is better than the Elevator movie. That's <laughs> yes. it. I'll give it that. Uh, but, you know, 
kind of like what Jared was saying. Um, I, it probably will it for people who are just fanatical about like horror movies. Not that it's a good horror movie, but like for people who just like that subgenre of like Christmas horror, it might be something that they keep in their rotation for that type of thing. If when you know some people if they like horror movies so much that even during the Christmas season they're looking for Christmas <laughs> horror movies. Then I, I guess that'll be their bag. Uh, I didn't hate this movie. It's just it's forgettable. That that's my thing. It's like I watched it once and I was like, yeah, I don't feel the desire to watch that again. It's not something that brings on the Christmas spirit. Whereas like something with Trick or Treat, that is like one of my Halloween movies. I, I I'll, I'll watch that Halloween just about every year. It's pretty fun. I'm gonna test so, you on that next week when we record again. I'll be like, Josh, tell me. Remember about Krampus? We'll, we'll put a, a real, a true Rotten Tomato meter on there as far as you trying to recall it seven days later. I mean, I'm sure I can remember some things about it, but it's just not like. But I don't want to. He says. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's just bland, you know. Uh, there, there, there's a few moments that are pretty good, but it just it doesn't it doesn't do much. So here here's the last question. I didn't think I was gonna really get to this but uh since i'm i'm someone that likes to to look in advance and try to you know figure out uh, interesting themes uh i did initially have and we can still do it but it's, i'm leaving it up to my co-host this will dictate this will show you how much pain or torture they went through with this week's episode to see if they have any sort of christmas spirit left because i did have more christmas movies uh for next week and it was from one year ago um office christmas party was on the list now it's not i remember that the one. other one's not the other one's the comedian and it was just you know these these are two movies about comedians that uh you know came out at the same time and one was i guess a relative success and then the robert De Niro movie tanked hard and people hated it and they told him <laughs> to stop being funny or trying to be funny <laughs> so um what were these movies so bad that it has left a distaste for you to even try out office christmas party and that's assuming you've not seen it like i have i, I have it yeah, I've not seen it either. No, because uh, I, you know these haven't tainted the the Christmas movie because I know there's plenty of good Christmas movies out there. I mean, even, even though actually, it's, even though it's a children's movie, I mean, I think Elf is freaking hilarious. So, mm-hmm. um, there's there's plenty of good examples of Christmas movies. So no, I I mean I don't know enough about that to know if it's any good. I, I remember the trailer making me chuckle a little bit when I saw it. So. It, it might be, it might be, it might be great. I don't know. Already but, more laughs uh, than what's provided. <laughs> yes, <laughs> true. Very true. Yes. What about you, Jared? Is Christmas dead to you now? No, no. Um, if anything, I, I have a lot of hope for it because it can't be as bad as what we experienced this week. Christmas Eve was uh, putrid. I actually, I'm glad that y'all brought up the Hallmark Channel because in my notes, that's one of the few notes I had on it. It was like this. Uh, this sounds like a Hallmark movie, but even then, you guys said it wasn't even worthy of being on the Hallmark Channel. So, I, I feel like uh, you know that <laughs> you've just basically described this episode like it was putrid, <laughs> but I still have hope, and I hope the listeners <laughs> do as well. <laughs> it was terrible, but it didn't stab my hope and uh, kill that for me. Yeah, I'm still. I think they to live. They mentioned. <laughs> And, and Krampus that, you know, St. Nicholas gives, but Krampus comes to take. And this this week, Mike, you were Krampus. You you took from us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, uh, you, you made us watch these films. And 
Well, yeah. uh, thank God for uh, 1.2 speed on uh, VLC. Hmm. Because that, that at least cut about probably 12 or 13 minutes off of it. If we have any listeners at this point, which I'm sure we don't, but you know, even in the future, because um, <laughs> I'm sure I'll watch plenty more bad movies in my life. Uh, I, was, I was just watching at normal speed, but if you'd like to recommend some fun games for iPhone, let me know. Cause that's what uh, that's what I was doing during Christmas Eve. Merge is getting a little boring. <laughs> and in case you forgot, send all of those app recommendations to any of our social media accounts via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Sober Cinema. And while you're doing that, you can go to followingfilms.com to check out some other great podcasts, maybe one that I'm on, like The Grand Gesture or Mark S. Played. But most importantly, subscribe to this show now on iTunes. Sober Cinema, leave us a review while you're looking for apps and games to recommend to me. And I'll keep giving you that great attention detail when discussing films, but not watching them. <laughs>